welcome to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast with co-founders and hosts, Tracy Callahan and Deborah Doak. Each week, we tackle another tough topic to help professional divorce coaches maximize client impact and cultivate thriving practices. We also want to spread the word about the expertise and value that certified divorce coaches bring to the table. At DCA, we are committed to ongoing learning and we value generosity among divorce coaching professionals. We believe that when one succeeds, we all succeed. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining back in at Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. I'm Tracy, and I'm here with Deb. And today we are talking about one of my favorite topics, although it's a bit controversial, risky business, recommending divorce professionals to clients. Okay, Deb, I'm going to say it. I know our our thought process might run against what most divorce coaches have heard in their trainings and in their certification programs, but it, it is an area of great concern for me, and I do think it's extremely risky. This idea of divorce coaches recommending other professional clients can potentially be harmful to you and your client you as the professional practicing coach and to the work that we're doing with clients. And I think I think it's really important to start off with the difference between sort of a recommendation and a referral, right? And and what do those two things mean? Mhm. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So when, so when I, we talk about recommending professionals. And and I see this, Deb, we see this. Mm-hmm. Force coaches come out and say, does anybody recommend a parent coordinator in this area who deals with blah, 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 blah. Right. Or, or we're mock coaching or, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have a list of recommended attorneys. Would you like me to send that to you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We hear that. We hear that a lot. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of Again, <laughs> running against running upstream on this, but there are programs that said one of the things that you should be doing as a preparation for becoming a professional practicing divorce coach or a certified divorce coach is to go around and make a list of mm-hmm. all the people who you would recommend or refer to. Right. And that in itself is a crazy concept, especially if you practice nationally, right? Right. So which most of us do, right? So you would have to basically have um, met every divorce attorney in 50 states or whatever. Okay. So, So that idea of recommending, right? What do we say to a client when we recommend someone? Mm-hmm. It's almost basically saying, well, I've given that person my seal of approval, right? Exactly. I, I recommend them. You trust me. You're my client. I'm your divorce coach. I am recommending this person, this professional, this attorney, this CDFA, this uh, accountant, this forensic. What are we saying? We're basically saying that I I give them that seal of approval, go forth and, and, and have a great experience. But what are we really then saying to the client? Right. It's, it gets very complicated, right? 
complicated. Because first of all, when you think about other referral and recommendations, right? So a friend comes to me and says, hey, I'm looking for somebody to put in new kitchen cabinets. Can you recommend anybody? Yes. Call Joe from Acme Cabinet Hardware. He did my kitchen and they're beautiful. I interacted with Joe. I had a personal experience with Joe. That's different, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a personal experience unless you used that attorney yourself. Right. Especially if we're practicing nationally. I I have no personal experience of working with any of these people. Absolutely. And it's even beyond that, right? Even if I had the professional experience of working with this individual, what I identify as good qualities in this professional, or that I felt connected and had some sense of rapport with this professional, it does not necessarily mean Mm -hmm. that the client, my client may experience the same. And the reason is because our clients have unique needs. Our clients are not us, right? right? So I do very well with a very kind of straightforward, logical, process-oriented approach. I show up with my spreadsheets. Let's get the decision-making game on. Yeah. And and if my clients do not engage in the same process that I do. And mm-hmm. that's that's exactly our point. That's what we do. We support clients in terms of identifying their own needs to be able to support them in having conversations with attorneys for them to make the decision as who might be best for them based on their experience, how mm-hmm. they felt, the research <clears throat> that they did. And as a coach, I absolutely am happy to process that with my clients after they've interviewed people to, be able mm-hmm. to reflect back for them and get clarity on their decision-making process. But aren't I taking away that decision-making process from the client when I recommend somebody? Absolutely. And and I enjoy prepping with them ahead of time. What do you want to find out in these attorney consults? What are you looking for? Yeah, you want to find out child support and spousal support. I understand that. But beyond that, what kind of person do you want to work with? What kind of office are you looking for? Male or female? What kind do concierge support? Or do you want are you looking for a budget base? Right. How long kind of situation? Right. What's their turnaround on emails and phone? Right. What's their caseload right now? Absolutely. How much time do they spend in court? How accessible are they? Right. So all those things that, and, and I talk to them about um, when you ask a question, how do they answer it in a way you can understand it? If you ask the follow-up question, do they get exasperated? And do you hear, you know, oh, honey, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Or Mm -hmm. do you hear a concerted effort to say it in a different way so you can understand it? Mm -hmm. Coaching is all about getting people to own their own decisions in divorce. I don't tell somebody whether they should keep the house or not. We talk about all the options and the pros and cons and the short and long-term implications of keeping it and all those things for selling it or letting their spouse keep it. And then the decision's theirs. 
So why would we treat this situation, which CDFA to hire, which attorney to hire, whether or not to engage a guardian ad litem, why would we treat that any differently? And, And I do know there are divorce coaching professionals out there that is part of their service. They interview and vet professionals for their clients. And, you know, that's certainly a decision they can make as far as they run their, the way they run their practice. But I know you and I are on the same page as far as this goes. And that is that we believe that that is risky business. Yeah. And, and, and aside from the disempowerment of the client and their thought process and getting clear on it is what they feel right? Taking responsibility for their decision. One of the things that we talk about so much is how divorce professionals remove the power of decision-making from the client, Mm -hmm. right? Right. We in divorce coaching are supposed to be giving it back to them, giving them the power to engage in that decision-making. So it's risky on that side, but here is the other big risk factor. Mm -hmm. Liability, liability, liability. Yeah. What does, if you made a recommendation to a client for an attorney or another divorce professional, and that client comes back and had a very negative experience, they felt that they were non-responsive or they weren't listening to their needs or they were powering over them and making decisions and they felt bullied or threatened. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh my gosh, is all I have to say. So now the client is coming back to you, coach, who made the recommendation of this person and now trying to, there's a direct correlation and reflection. Now this client has to you. Why would you have referred? Why would you have recommended somebody that has hurt me or has, has not helped my case or I'm in a worse situation? Right. Exactly. And so it it impacts then your, your relationship with your client and it creates a business liability because you just lost a referral. A hundred percent. You just lost a referral and the referral, meaning that client having an amazing experience with you and sharing that with other people. Right. Right. So you have just turned what was likely an amazing experience for that client who she was going to go tell all he or she was going to go tell all their friends about into something that now they're going to tell their friends, don't work with her, call someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And she sent me to the worst attorney. It was terrible. And 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 this attorney could have been a really good attorney, right? Just wasn't a really good attorney for that client. Right. Just because an attorney was great for your aunt Susan doesn't mean that's the right attorney for you or for your client. And even if an attorney did a great job for another one of your clients, it doesn't mean it's the right one for all your clients. And that's the trouble with the recommended list is, yes, you may have had two clients that had great experiences with John Smith, attorney at law. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this third client, it just might not be a good fit for, right? Right. And so I think it's just, it's the double whammy of we're taking decision-making and empowerment away from the client and 
it could really backfire on you. Absolutely. And you could I, be throwing a boomerang in the air. Completely. A complete boomerang in the air. And it does come back. It does. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's talk about what the coach can do. Okay. Let's do because, because I do think that there are lots of things that we can do in helping clients navigate this process. It is a big piece of the divorce process, helping that client navigate who is part of that team, who needs to be on that team, what's going to work for that client based on their goals and their divorce financial resources. So I'm not saying that coaches don't play a role in supporting clients. Right. We don't just say, well, go hire an attorney and then we'll meet later. (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) So we are supporting the clients, but we can support them in a manner that doesn't put our, 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 our practice and Mm -hmm. our ability to coach directly in line with getting run over. So we talked a little bit about already, right? We know as coaches, we help our clients define what it is that they need to know, seek clarity, right? Is that some legal information? Is that some financial information? So in that expert perspective, we're helping them drill down on what is it that they need to know? And then who might they go to be able to get that information, right? Mm -hmm. For example, if I had a child with a learning disability, and I know that we're going to have to do a parenting plan that extends well past the age of 18 years of age, it's going to be a a long-term parenting plan. Okay. So I, 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 we're as coaches helping them drill down on mm-hmm. that. Who might they need to speak to? Now, in that process, we can still support our clients in doing the work and saying, okay, so how would we go about, how would you go about finding that mm-hmm. person? What are some potential resources that might assist you in identifying Uh, individuals who may fit those criteria, right? So here we are engaging with the client, still helping empower them in this process. Again, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, feed him for a life. Why are we going to then take that process away from them? Right. Now, sometimes we give information, right? So Mm -hmm. if they don't know where to find a CDFA, great. Absolutely. InstituteDFA.com. Go ahead. You can go there and put in your zip code. You don't know where to find a a certified divorce lending professional, right? The mortgage lenders that specialize in divorce. Google Divorce Lending Association. Put in your zip code. So we can help them. Absolutely. Identify. Find the the source. Absolutely. Yeah. If it's a professional they're not aware of, we do a little bit of education, certainly. Um, But, you know, one of the places we've talked about this too, is when you are talking with your client about, you know, all their stuff, it often comes out as fear. Mm -hmm. And I always say fear is really just questions waiting to be answered. So, right. So those fears that your client is putting out on the table for you, Turn those into questions. Yes. Because then that tells you, okay, now these are questions, not fears. They're questions. And we can we can figure out who has the answers to those questions, right? Mm-hmm. And then, okay, now that we know who has that answer, it's an attorney. Mm-hmm. What kind of attorney? Mm-hmm. Who do you like to work with? Right. What's important to you? What right. feels 
good for you? Is it important that your this attorney listen to you, or 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 do you not care? Right? Right. You, do you care if your heart surgeon has a bedside manner or not? Exactly. Exactly. Some people Perfect do. Example. Some people don't. Perfect example, Deb. Right. So it, it, it's a combination. The coach is working with them, right? Uh, asking those questions, drilling down what the information is need, helping them identify sources to be able to look for those individuals. Now, the coach is supporting them and coming up with those questions. What is it yep. that they want to know? How are they going to be able to use their time with that professional in the most meaningful way? Right. And then the next step is yep. right, the coach then can help process after that client has met with three different, four different professionals and have put in play those interview questions that you guys worked on together. And then you can come back to the coach and process what was feeling. The coach can help, right? Identify what felt good, what resonated with them. Where do they want to go to then support the client's decision making process. So all of those amazing things, Deb, that we just talked about, right? Process work with clients and empowering them and engaging Mm -hmm. and making decisions. When you recommend a professional, you take all of that away. You You basically just take it all away. Right. And so many of, I I don't know what your um, client base is like. So many of my Clients personally have been very, a lot of their decision-making has been taken away in their marriage. And so it is a a skill in general we are working on is them taking back their own voice, their own power, the acknowledgement that they are allowed to make decisions themselves Mm -hmm. and rely on their own agency to do that. and. So I don't want to be complicit in continuing to be another person in their life who's making decisions for them. Agreed. Neither do I. And I also don't want to be complicit in in letting coaches believe that there is not some risk to them if that client has a negative experience. Mm-hmm. Or even if it wasn't a negative experience, if they just didn't, they just didn't like them. Right. Let's not even say that anything bad happened. It was just just not eh. a good fit. It was meh, right? My favorite meh. word. It was meh. meh. Right. So so what does that then do to the coach and client relationship? Mm-hmm. That we have the the issues of empowerment and supporting our clients, engaging in their own decision-making process. And then we have the liability to the coach, both extremely risky. Both extremely risky. Yeah. So we have the the impact of the client and the taking away their decision-making. We have the impact it can have on that client's relationship with you. And then I think we have this idea that now you've lost a a marketing opportunity, right? So, you know, all three, not to mention, I, I don't know. It depends how your coaching agreement is written. But are you even setting yourself up for some real liability? Yeah. If you're not a, a client who's litigious will come back and say, right, yeah. I lost custody of my kids because Tracy told me to use John Smith yeah. as my attorney and I lost custody and now I'm going to come after her. 
Yeah. And I think that's an extremely important piece, Deb, the indemnification, unless there is some indemnification clause in your coaching agreement, which maybe there is on, on some of your parts, then absolutely you are potentially setting yourself up for uh, somebody who had a negative experience, who's angry, who's frustrated, who is looking for somebody to blame. You might yep. be right smack in the middle of the road, standing there for them with to a go target off. on your back. Yeah, basically, basically. Mm-hmm. So, so I, though I, although I think that it's wonderful, right. That there's sort of this mentality that we want to help clients and we want to share information with them. And that comes across for many as a recommended list. I encourage you, I implore you actually to take a step back from it. Think about what the intention here, what is the goal, right? If the Mm -hmm. goal is for the client to be able to be empowered and for you to continue to develop and support that coaching relationship, are there different ways that you can go about it that doesn't expose you and your practice? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and there are, we, we just talked about those ways that you can absolutely support clients mm -hmm. without having to give them a list of recommended attorneys, a list of recommended. Right. Right. And to me, this is just, it's a symptom of what in coaching I call superhero syndrome. Mm -hmm. It is that it is that, that urge that Mm -hmm. we want to help. We want to make it easier for them. Easier. And so it's so tempting to open up the closet door and want to reach in there and grab the superhero cape so we can swoop in. Yeah. Um, but we really need to keep that door closed because yeah. it's not not our role. It's not our so. role. And that's okay. It's okay that it's not our role. You are not hindering your clients by not providing recommended lists. You actually are helping your clients in becoming better decision makers. So I want to, I want to thank you all so much for listening. And this is, you know, something, give it some thought. I know, again, I said, it's a bit provocative. It's a little controversial um, that that we're kind of going against some of the, the main teachings that you often find in coaching programs, but there, there's some weight behind this. So I, I encourage you to think about it. Think about what you do. How do you do it? And and perhaps how you might be able to transform that for the benefit of your yourself and your, your client. So we look forward to you joining us again. Thanks so much for your listening time. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for joining us for the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. It helps other divorce professionals find us and add to the conversation. And don't forget to follow us on social media to be the first to know when we add new classes and events. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you maximize client impact, create a thriving business, and promote the value of professional divorce coaching.